Now, this is another case of me being late to the party once again, as far as movie news goes. You know, I, I think I really think I'm going to change the name of this fucking podcast to um, late to the party podcast. I don't know. Maybe something along the lines of that, because I really I really feel like a lot of these episodes, whether it be the commentaries or the reviews or just the movie news or whatever the case may be. A lot of these episodes are are like long overdue. I should have jumped at this two days ago when they announced it. And uh, was it two days ago? Yeah, I think it was. It was the day before yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, it's been days and I need to get a lot better at reporting the news and shit. But, you know, I'm not one of those. I got the inside scoop first type of people. You know, I'm not one of those types of, uh, you know, no just to TMZ, but I ain't one of them motherfuckers. Like, you know, they'll TMZ will announce your death before you even know you're dead. Like, you'll literally be sitting in the living room <laughs> watching TMZ at like six o'clock at night or whenever the hell it comes on. I haven't watched it in a long time. But they'll you'll literally be watching TMZ like, you know, you'll call your wife or your husband, whatever, in the other room like, honey, did I die today? Because TMZ just reported it two hours ago. I didn't you know, I didn't have any recollection of this because I'm still up and moving. But I, you know, I try to just I try to make things as relevant as as, as I can when I can. So as I'm pretty sure everybody already heard. And, you know, of course, this is for the uninitiated, but I'm pretty sure everybody or, or the majority not majority, but I'll say half, a good half, especially the, the major fans of this property, have heard the news a couple days ago that our boy Pumpkinhead, the big guy, is getting a reboot. I don't know, you know, people use that word loosely all the fucking time. They say reboot, remake, reimagining, recalibration. Doesn't matter which R-E prefix you put on the word, it's a fucking remake. Now, unless you do something along the lines of Halloween 2018, Candyman with the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies doing, you know, Terminator Dark Fate, where you wipe a slate clean and none of the sequels exist, that's a direct sequel. It, it's not a reboot, but people, you know, they, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about these days. All right, let's just keep it a bean. Um, you know, they'll say, yeah, it's a soft reboot of the original. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a sequel to whatever the hell they're picking up from. And everything else has been wiped clean. But nonetheless, people, Pumpkinhead is definitely getting a reboot. And I remember when I heard this news, I heard this news a couple years ago, actually. And I was a... Uh, I was pretty curious and pretty excited for it back then because Pumpkinhead is one of those properties that I feel like I feel like as as much as a cult following the first movie and just maybe the character in general has I feel like we still do not give Pumpkinhead his flowers the way that we need to the flowers that he deserves because Stan Winston man God rest his soul you know, the, the, the grandfather of special effects and creature effects, man, Stan Winston created something that I don't think anybody was really ready for. Cause it was really, if I don't think it was common, you know, up until like night of living dead with Tom Savini being a special effects guy directing that movie, or maybe Robert Kurtzman, uh, Kurtzman, uh, directing, uh, man, what is it? Wishmaster. He was a special effects guy in K and B. He's the K in K and B. It wasn't until around movies like that, that special effects guys were, were jumping in the director's chair and helming these horror projects. But I feel like Stan Winston created a character um, on screen that really is, you know, I want to say timeless and it can kind of be passed on generationally, if that makes sense, because I feel like with the idea of this reboot, that it can introduce a new audience to Pumpkinhead who's not familiar with it at all, especially the kids that love all of these, you know, goosebumps or scary stories to tell in the dark, even though Pumpkinhead is a hell of a lot darker than those properties I just named. But um, 
you know, let's let's just let's go back to the drawing board really quickly when we talk about movie monsters and creature features and stuff like that because this goes this goes hand in hand with the fact that I said I feel like we don't give Pumpkinhead his flowers. We don't give him the credit he deserves. Yes, it's been a rocky series which we'll get to in a little bit, but as of right now, I feel like like what do we think of when we say like who or what do we think of when we think of movie monsters? You know, when I say that term movie monster i feel like a lot of people especially the ogs the 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 old heads that are um you know older than me and a lot of people that that gravitate towards this podcast that demographic i feel like when we hear the term movie monster a lot of the ogs may think of boris karloff as you know frankenstein and the mummy they might think of uh bella lugosi as dracula lon cheney jr as the wolfman that type of era was I, I feel like it was the birth of the modern movie monster so to speak of uh, the the universal movie monsters but then for you know 80s babies 90s raise me type of generation we did have movie monsters and i'm not just talking about like monsters in the sense of like creatures that are coming in the night to come get you and hiding in the closet and stuff like that They're, you know michael myers is considered a movie monster so to speak but oh excuse me people but you know for 80s babies 90s raise me type of era people would you know hear the term movie monster and think of robert england as freddy krueger they would think of uh doug bradley as pinhead tony todd as Candyman, kane hotter as jason andrew devolf as you know Wishmaster. and i mentioned those names because those are some of the the actors who played who came back to play roles. I know a lot, like they're a different actor every time they played Jason Voorhees up until part seven, but Kane Hodder is like the epitome of the movie monster version of Jason because he came back not only once, but he came back four times to play that role, if I'm not mistaken. Andrew Devolf came back twice to play Wishman, or he came, he was on screen twice to play Wishmaster. Pinhead in every movie except uh, Hellraiser Revelations and Hellraiser Judgment, thank God. But, um, you know, and as far as movie monsters, like actual monsters or creatures go, you know, people would think of, if you hear the term movie monster, people would think of aliens and, and Predator and Rawhead Rex or the Leviathan creature. Uh, and funny thing I mentioned, aliens, Predator and Leviathan, Stan Winston, who directed and created Pumpkinhead, created those uh, the, those designs for those monsters. And Stan Winston, man, he's been behind a whole bunch of shit. You know, the the relic, like he is so many movies that he created monsters for, man. Terminator 2, like just so much shit, man. And I feel like we, we don't think of Pumpkinhead right away because he just you know as good as that original movie is as classic yes i'm gonna go as far as to say as classic as that original film is um you know people feel how they how they feel about the sequels like i said we'll get into that but as classic as that first movie is still a classic still cult status but i feel like Pumpkinhead in that movie just couldn't really hit the mainstream popularity like you know like something like alien or something like predator or anything like that because while it did have lance henriksen uh, starred in the role i'm not sure how big of a star he was at the time i don't know if he had starred in near dark prior to that or after that but you've got lance henriksen headline in this thing and no diss to the guy he's one of the greatest actors ever and i feel like he's horror royalty another guy that doesn't get his flowers the way he should because he's an amazing actor but i feel like the only thing you really had headline in this movie back in the day that just came out of nowhere was the creature of pumpkin head so it's like no it was an original thing it wasn't any fucking source material that i know of it wasn't <clears throat> there's actually source material brief source material we'll get to 
but there was no like there was no uh, gothic novel graphic novel or there was no comic book or there was no tv series or nothing this was just what it was this was an idea that spawned from a an even smaller idea that didn't have shit to do with uh the actual pumpkin head creature but i just feel like you know, it just, it couldn't quite get there. It couldn't quite get there, man. You got to look at, like, for all, you know, I know people get tired of me mentioning Night of Living Dead, but look at something like Night of Living Dead. I mean, it was, it, it people had never seen anything like that before, but that movie had to gradually grow to get the status, cult status, mainstream acclaim, whatever you want to call it, that it has today. It didn't really happen overnight. Uh, and it's, that goes for a lot of horror movies, but I feel like Pumpkinhead is definitely one of those films that, that shares that same fate not not in a bad way because we are getting the, the resurrection of the the demon of vengeance but you know like it just it just couldn't get there man it just couldn't get the mainstream acclaim as most movie monsters in the 80s or even in the 90s for that matter um but i you know safe to say Pumpkinhead is still a memorable character he's got a memorable look a memorable like uh you know, story surrounding it. Uh, the characters, maybe not so much, except Lance Henriksen and Miss Osi. But um, the series overall, like, we have to ask ourselves this question. How has the series been overall for Pumpkinhead to even be getting a reboot? And my personal opinion for that, and I'm pretty sure people would share the same opinion. I know a lot of people that would share the same opinion with me. This series, over the course of four films, has gone from good to okay to terrible, to fucking disastrous. And when I say disastrous, listen, y'all going to get what I'm saying. Y'all going to get what I'm saying. But to backtrack before, before I jump into, because uh, I promise y'all I'm not going to take up too much of y'all time right now. Um, before I jump into why I think it's a good idea that they're bringing Pumpkinhead back into the fold for a reboot or whatever they decide to do with it. Um, let's just do a quick brief backstory on the history of the series uh, i'm not going to get all in, in depth into the movies i'm going to break them down as i remember them and i'm gonna let that be that so you know so i don't get too long-winded but the first movie came out in uh 1988 and like i said the late great stan winston rest in peace shout out forever to stan winston man he was just you know little side note if you go and just watch stan winston's interviews on on youtube man the the guy like the love that he has for the craft is just amazing man the 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 art just the time and dedication he put into those molds is amazing man of course he had a lot of help but he is the driving force behind a lot of our favorite creatures aliens monsters whatever on screen and just effects in general but stan winston jumped in the you know he jumped in the driver's seat of this movie and Prior to that, Stan Winston had done, you know, he'd done effects for The Wiz, and which I never knew until last night. You know, I had to brush up and do some research on the guy uh, and, and as far as what he has done, like, in the past, past type of things. Things that might have went over my head. I had no idea he did effects for The Wiz. I had no idea he did effects for the exploitation horror film, Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde. That's a fucking, you know, it's our version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, people. We know what that is. They had, you know, at that time, they had Blackula, Blackenstein, Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde, Abby, Ganja, and Hess, so on and so forth. But he's kind of um, uncredited for doing effects for Friday the 13th Part 3 because he did design one of the earlier unmasked Jason faces, but they decided to use something different, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know the story behind that, but he's, you know, he's got credits on John Carpenter's The Thing and Terminator 1, Terminator 2, and Aliens, Predator, and Monster Squad, and Edward Scissorhands. He's, he's been all over the fucking place, man, and the guy was amazing. Um, he did not write the script, but Mark 
Patrick Carducci and Gary Gerani. Is it Gerani or Gerani? I'll say Gerani because it sounds a little better. They wrote the script and they helped him out with it. Um, and I feel like they did. And um, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention. Of course, Lance Henriksen is in the movie. Dick Warlock is actually in the opening of Pumpkinhead. For those that don't know, Dick Warlock is the guy who played Michael Myers in the original Halloween too, and he does make a cameo appearance in the beginning of the movie. Then you've got Jeff East in the film. Tom Woodruff Jr. plays Pumpkinhead, who is the guy that you know jumped in the suit for a lot of the Alien movies, if not, um. I think a lot of the movies after after the original, he jumped in the suit for a lot of those, uh, you know, at least until Javier Botet did in um, Alien Covenant. But shout out to Tom Woodruff Jr. Uh, and, you know, the the plot for Pumpkinhead was pretty simple. Not not too, too simple, because like I said, I love the story that centered around this, the the lore of Pumpkinhead and Miss O.C. And um, I think his name was Ed Harley, Lance Henriksen's character. But you've got, you know, you've got Ed Harley and his son. They live out in the in the in the middle of no fucking where um, it looks like that desert that that they had the diner set in on Legion. It's literally nothing in that town or it reminds me of the shop from Creepshow 2 with old Chief Woodenhead outside of it. But, uh, you know, it's him and his son just living their lives. I, don't, I can't remember what happened to the mother, but you've got these rowdy teenage kids or these young adults that that show up to the store to get stuff. And, you know, Lance, Henris, Lance Henriksen leaves out for a little bit and he leaves his son with the dog. And for some fucking reason, these kids just decide to ride motorcycles like dirt bikes and shit. And what happens is the kid gets killed. It's not intentional. It's an accidental murder. You know, they, they accidentally killed his kid. And what's even sadder is that the kid doesn't die right away. If I'm not mistaken, there's a scene where, you know, Lance Henderson comes back and he's like, oh, my God, my boy, what'd you do? What'd you do? Or whatever the fuck happens. And then I, I remember there's a scene where a, one of the kids asks him if he needs his help or is there anything he could do. And there's this sharp turnaround that fucking Lance Henriksen does. And they play this music and it kind of looks he almost looks scarier than Pumpkinhead does in that fucking scene. But there's a moment where I think he's washing the boy's face off or tending to his wound or whatever the hell is wrong with him. And the little boy's like, like quietly speaking to his father. And I think his father's either holding him or he's like in front of him on the table and the boy just dies. He just goes limp and dies. So it is a it is very much a tragedy um, how this movie plays out. So, you know. Lance Henriksen, being Lance Henriksen, he goes in the woods, he he enlists the help of Miss Osi, who's an old witch who's like fucking seven million years old. Like the bitch has all types of, you know, wildlife living in her hair. Her skin just looks like, oh my gosh, she looks dead. She looks dead. She looks like one of the Necronomicon, uh, the, the demons from, you know, from, from Evil Dead or something like that. She really looks like she passed away a, a long, long time ago. But he enlists the help of Miss Osi, and Miss Osi basically has him sell his soul to the devil. And she conjures up Pumpkinhead, to, and Pum Pumpkinhead basically uh, is conjured up to put the wrong things right, to exact revenge on, you know, the people that whoever wants him conjured up wants the revenge exact on. So Pumpkinhead goes after these kids in this cabin, man. There's no phone, there's no help, there's no vehicle. They can't do shit but either run around the woods like assholes or just wait to get killed. That's basically what what happens in this movie. These characters in this movie, by the way, um, I don't think the I, I don't I don't really care about any of these characters at all. And you would think that somebody like me would be sympathetic towards the girl who just she's the good girl and she doesn't want to be there more than anybody else. And she's the one that's religious and all she has is her faith to protect her. And Pumpkinhead puts her through the ringer. Like when he picks her ass up outside the house, his big ass hand with his big ass talons, he picks her ass up and he pulls her on the roof. And then he's just fucking her up at this point. He cuts a cross into her forehead 
forehead, you know, uh, the harder they fall style. And he smashes her face through through the kitchen glass. Like he puts her through the ringer. And you think I would feel bad for her, but it's something about these characters I just can't latch on to. And at times, I can't even attach myself to Lance Henriksen's character because it's like, listen, you knew good and well what you was getting yourself into now you might not have known the extremes that this fucking demon of vengeance was going to go to but you should have known you went out in the woods and <laughs> miss oc buried that damn body in a pumpkin patch like i don't like whatever the hell she did excuse me people <clears throat> i think pumpkin had hurt me and tried to tried to fuck up this episode just now but um yeah, the characters, you know, other than Lance Henriksen, not so good. I didn't really care for the characters, but, you know, with Lance Henriksen and Pumpkinhead, I'm cool with that keeping the movie afloat. Has it aged well? Um, I feel like it. it's aged pretty well, considering what Stan Winston did with those special effects. That actor, Tom Woodruff Jr., man, in that suit, the guy looks like he's fucking 10 feet tall, and Pumpkinhead is probably as scary as he's going to ever be in the original series and that's not saying much after we get past the second movie trust me but um i you know the movie i feel like it still holds up it's a movie that i can either watch regularly or i can watch every halloween like on some traditional movie type of stuff with halloween and night living dead and trick-or-treat and stuff like that it's definitely one of those types of films for me personally but i still feel like Pumpkinhead. you know maybe now with the news of of the, the the new reboot coming maybe people will go back and watch that original and be like yo this is actually a really decent solid grounded monster movie and um as far as the sequel goes, I know a lot of people don't share this opinion. I love the fucking sequel. I love Pumpkinhead 2 Blood Wings, man. Came out in 1994, and I'll never forget. I had actually seen this movie first, and I do this shit a lot, man, and I didn't notice, y'all, until, like, I got much older. I've, like, there's been so many instances where I've seen the sequel first or the remake first, then I go back on the original. I mean, I didn't, I don't hate um, the original Pumpkinhead. I think that's scarier probably than the second one but the second one i just enjoy way more man because while the characters are assholes the teenagers in this one i can at least root for Pumpkinhead to like go after them or root for maybe one or two of them to possibly get away and we all know how that plays out in these Pumpkinhead movies when these kids fuck up Pumpkinhead's on your ass and that's all she wrote but Stan Winston, unfortunately, did not come back to direct this movie. Uh, Jeff Burr actually directed this movie in 94, and Jeff Burr was fresh off of films like The Stepfather 2. Uh, not a bad sequel. Terry O'Quinn came back for that one. Uh, he's still creepy as hell in that movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, which I think is an underrated-ass sequel. It's my favorite sequel in the series. Uh, and he also did Puppet Master 4 and 5. Now, I will say this as far as Jeff Burr goes. I like the guy's ambition as a director. I feel like Jeff Burr doesn't get enough credit as a horror director because he loves this shit but i'm not saying that in the case of something like puppet master 4 and 5 because those movies now i'm not gonna lie i stuck with puppet master 4 and 5 because continuity wise those two movies fit hand in hand i don't know if they shot them back to back but gordon curry's in there they introduced those alien puppets with the battery heads and whatever the fuck is going on with them and it's like the puppets go good gordon curry's the new puppet master and they're basically trying to defeat these alien puppets from another dimension but we're not going to go rambling on about Puppet Master here, people. That's not what we're doing. But the script was written by, uh, let's see if I get this right, Ivan and Constantine Chachornia. I know I fucked that all up. I've really said, I always sound like I'm conjuring up demons my damn self when I try to pronounce people's last name. But anyway, one of the reasons I, 
I hold Pumpkinhead 2 so near and dear to my heart. It's not because of all those wasted nights, you know, staying up late, watching it repeatedly from West Coast video rentals or buying the actual VHS myself from Suncoast back in the day. Yes, people, I am showing my age without telling my age. But one of the things I absolutely adore about this movie, and it's something that Jeff Bird does in a lot of his films, he knows what horror fans want. And he he basically made a love letter to horror fans. Yeah, he did some things with Pumpkinhead here that a lot of people, I can understand why a lot of people are frustrated with it. But you cast Andrew Robinson from, first of all, this is Pumpkinhead 2, sequel to a classic movie. And I think it went straight to video back then in 94. But you cast horror movie some horror movie royalty and just horror movie cameos in there. You cast Andrew Robinson from Hellraiser. He played the dad in Hellraiser. You cast Amy Dolans, who played in Ticks and Children of the Night. Uh, J. Trevor Edmond from Lord of Illusions and Return of the Living Dead. Kane Hodder. You better know who the hell Kane Hodder is or else he'll probably come after you. Joe Unger, who was just recently in Jeff Burr's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. R.A. Mihaloff, who was in... Jeff Burr's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. He played Leatherface. Linnea Quigley from Return of Living Dead and Night of the Demons and everything else. Uh, then you had Harper Hill, who was... Um, Harper Hill's in a lot of shit, actually. First movie that comes to mind is In Too Deep. And then you had uh, the, the girl... What was her name? Soil Sol, Sole Moon? The girl who played Punky Brewster is in the goddamn movie. Now, the plot the plot is um, it's pretty much the same thing, but it's a little different because you get a backstory on Tommy, who's a deformed young boy who would ultimately grow to become Pumpkinhead. So what happens is back in the day, there's a flashback sequence of Tommy, you know, Miss O.C. in the woods feeding Tommy. The shit looks like dog food and mashed. What the fuck? I don't even know what it is, but he's eating it. And this is where they they kind of fuck up. Not necessarily for me so much. It kind of bothers me in context, but not like it bothers everybody else. This pisses a lot of people off because it's going to make Pumpkinhead sympathetic and they do it in the backstory and they do it at the end of the film. And I can understand why a lot of people hate this movie because of that. I'm not one of those people, but I can understand their frustration. But basically you've got these red wing jock dickheads from the high school and they've all got their you know, their Letterman jackets on, the Red Wings, whatever the team was, and they murdered this kid. This deformed kid who's not bothering any fucking body in the woods, minding his business, eating his food, just chilling, having a good time. And he, you know, it's kind of like the, a sad, like, Elephant Man type of story in a lot of ways. So they got, they not only kill this kid, but they beat the shit out of him, man. They chase him to this old mine, and they beat the fuck out of him, like, with baseball bats and stuff, and then they hang him on this hook that's above the mine shaft, and then the one guy Dixon starts cutting him up with this knife and it's like what the fuck did this kid ever do to y'all and the only thing Dixon says when all the kids pull up before they scream and we're coming to get you Tommy he's like we're gonna put an end to this once and for all and it kind of reminds me of Hatchet you know the story of Victor Crowley it's like what did he ever do to any of y'all so all you motherfuckers deserved deserved now maybe it was an accident Maybe it was an accident in the first movie, but this one, these motherfuckers, the older version of the Red Wings, deserve everything that's coming to them. So what happens is we see young Tommy die. So what happens is the kids, the new kids were introduced to, they go joyriding out in the middle of the night. They pick up the new girl and they're like, oh, let's show her a good time. So they turn the headlights off on some stupid drunk. I don't even think they've got liquor or, alcohol, or liquor or bud in the building. So y'all just are adrenaline junkies doing dumb shit without the intoxication. Y'all need help and y'all need Jesus at the end of the day. So what the ha what happens is they run over Miss O.C. They hit the fuck out of Miss O.C. on in the middle of the road.
road and miss oc like the g that she is because at this point in the movie in pumpkinhead 2 she's got to be like seven million years old at this point in the movie but she just gets the fuck up i don't know if she take, takes her groceries with her because she's got a bag of groceries and she just walks off and she goes home so there's this good line where you know the girl's like dandy a hit and run serious shit like we got to check and see if she's okay i know where she lives so they go to miss oc's house they start fucking around with all this voodoo and black magic type of stuff they find some cursed blood and they see like a map or like a um basically like a a, a blueprint of the graveyard that's outside of miss oc's house so what they do is you know one of the kids j trevor Evans' character danny he fucks up miss oc and her house catches on fire while they're outside trying to bring little tommy ak Pumpkinhead, back to life so when they pour the cursed blood on him miss oc curses all of the kids like out loud so Pumpkinhead comes back and does what he does best man he exacts bloody revenge on everybody but what he does is he goes after the kids last and he goes after the red wings first the red wings being joe unger's character Ari mihailov's character a kane hotter and his other crew and judge dixon's character he goes after all of the red wings rightfully so i feel like that is bloody justice i don't care how you've turned your life around y'all are murdered murderers and accomplices to murderers so they deserve every fucking thing that they get throughout the movie the kids i'll leave that up in the air for people to decide if y'all do end up watching that movie um like i said it's not a bad film but for a b movie uh to something like Pumpkinhead, i think it i think it's pretty decent I, I really think it's pretty decent i don't hate the movie at all but um yeah and then at the end of the movie like i said i can understand people's frustration because you know, Pumpkinhead is chasing the remaining girl who's the sheriff, you know, the sheriff's daughter, Andrew Robinson's daughter. And he's going after the girl from Ticks. And then the sheriff runs up and he's like, no, Tommy, remember we were kids one time and we used to play with fire trucks and shit back in the day. Don't kill my daughter. And he's just that's literally how he talks. People, he's like, Tommy, no, don't do that. Oh, like that's that's really how Andrew Robinson talks at the end of the movie. And we see pumpkin head grow a conscience in this moment and that's on my list i have not done this episode yet but the outline's already done it's on my list of when we made movie monsters sympathetic and fucked things up now it does make the ending sad but then at the end of the day you got to say wait like the pumpkin has a fucking demon of vengeance like i don't want to be sad for him but you know there's only specific reasons that he's conjured so i can let it slide but i like i said i know why a lot of people hate that and the movie's pretty open-ended uh but what we got what we got in 2006 people and they had the audacity i think to shoot these back to back we got Pumpkinhead 3, Ashes to Ashes, and that is the proper subtitle for that fucking dumpster fire of a movie, people. If y'all don't believe me, I did commentary for it if y'all want to check it out. Did commentary for the first one also, but Pumpkinhead 3, I, that was an intoxic commentary that I thought I was ready for because I saw one clip of Pumpkinhead being CG, jumping through a stained glass window in church and starting to murder people and i said this is one of the worst fucking pieces of shit i've ever seen in my life but no i i watched it and did my intoxic commentary and that's time off my life off my soul off my spirit i will never get back ever uh jake west was the director and co-writer of Pumpkinhead Ashes to Ashes. He wrote it with, uh, co-wrote it with Barbara Werner. And shame on y'all for even doing that fucking movie to begin with. Funny thing is, 
Lance Henriksen comes back to reprise his role as Ed Harley, but it's more so in like ghostly flashback sequences, like kind of like somebody's like having an acid trip or a premonition type of thing. When it's it's that type of thing that happens, it's kind of cerebral how they try to make it, and you know how they do with the other movies, but it doesn't fucking work here. This movie went straight to the Sci-Fi Channel, if I'm not mistaken, in 2006. And what's even worse is not only horror royalty and just an amazing actor like Lance Henriksen in this is is he in this movie, but horror royalty and an amazing actor like doug bradley's in this movie fucking terrible i don't even remember the character he plays i think he plays like the town mortician or something like that but he's got some you know ulterior motives up his sleeve and the movie's fucking stupid Pumpkinhead looks terrible the acting is atrocious absolutely atrocious they cg'd pumpkin head for moments that didn't even need to be cg'd there are small pockets of good moments with gore that's it the gore maybe but other than that the movie's a fucking waste of time so anybody that ever hated pumpkin head 2 i really want y'all to put some spec on that movie's name because pumpkin head 3 ashes to ashes is quite the piece of shit ladies and gentlemen and i'm not even i'm not joking here like i'm not doing my dry humor jokes and my sarcasm like i always lay on thick in these episodes that that some of you come to know and love but i I'm, i kid y'all not man i kid y'all not the movie's fucking awful so awful to the point where i didn't even see Pumpkinhead four blood feud is the is the title and lance Hemrickson came back for this one i don't know if lance Hemrickson was like i gotta pay my phone bill so i'll just be in these two pumpkin head movies like i don't know man like i don't know what they paid that man or if he just loves the pro if he just loves movies that much and if he does bless his heart and soul man because that movie almost looks even worse almost looks even worse and they shot it back to back it came out the next the following year in 2007 and funny thing is the the jake west or the barbara werner didn't come back michael hurst was the guy who's responsible for writing and directing this and you know i don't know what drugs they bribed you with buddy but that movie i i, I won't go nowhere near it i don't think there is a uh you know what i tried casamigos tequila for the first time on sunday maybe if i get a full bottle of that because that shit crept up on me something vicious if i get a full bottle of casamigos i'll do an intoxic commentary for Pumpkinhead for blood feud and that's my word people that is my word that's the only way it's either got to be casamigos or 151 that's the only way I'm going to make it through that shit because the shit that I had for part three didn't even, almost didn't get me through it. I almost cut the episode short, damn it. I really did. But safe to say, the series has been on a downward spiral. And as much as I love Pumpkinhead 2, the first movie stands the test of time because it's just that good. It's that effective. It's scary. It gave you a memorable creature with a good lore, good backstory. And like I said, story centering around it. And, um, yeah, I, I I just feel like the, the the series is time. It's time, man. I feel like it's time to bring Pump back. And at this point, it's nowhere to go but up. So a couple reasons I want to get to before I wrap this up is the reasons why there's nowhere to go but up is I feel like singularly there aren't enough like notable movie monsters out there. And this is no diss to movie monsters like Oculus or um, you know, Ocu or Octulus from Deep Rising, or the 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 what was it, Cthulhu from Underwater. You know, no diss to those movies, no diss to the monsters in Feast, no diss to the movie The Monster, which I have yet to watch, but I know it's a creature feature that looks decent. Same director as The Strangers, so I'm on it. Um, no diss to the movie Animal with Kiki Palmer in it. Th those were monsters in there too. The the relic, all that stuff, the Cthulhu and the relic, not the Cthulhu, but uh, Cthoga 
in the relic. Uh, no diss to those monsters, but singularly, singularly, I don't feel like there. Like when we get movie monsters, there's a lot of instances where we don't know where it came from. The shit just popped the fuck up. And that's fine, but it's also fine to know where these things came from. Now, I am biased because as far as a quiet place goes, I don't I don't need to know where those monsters came from at all. I'm cool with just being completely oblivious to where they came from, how they got here, what they're doing, here, whatever. I don't need all of that. But I feel like singularly we need Pumpkinhead back because it's going to open up a door for way more creature features to get made. I feel like that's something mainstream wise that is lacking in horror cinema. Now, a lot of the the creature features monster movies I've seen recently, with the exception of Underwater, um, have been straight to VOD, you know, uh, uh, straight to, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. You know, it, they don't get theatrical releases like they used to. Take me back to the era where monster movies were, were borderline blockbuster films, man. They have the potential to be that good if they're, you know, if they're directed that well, if they're written that well, if the acting is that good, and especially if the effects are good. If you sell people on the monster, the characters are kind of a plus. You know, you don't want to see the monster kill everybody off. You want to root for characters. That's one of the reasons I love Deep Rising is because a lot of those characters were assholes, but while I've root for the monster to get maybe one or two of them, one in particular, but uh, while I root for that one in particular to get eaten, I'm rooting for the majority of the rest of the characters to get the fuck away from this thing and come out victorious. So I feel like we need Pumpkinhead to come back to open, you know, to kick that door open with that long ass leg and that size 27 shoe or that foot, you know, to just kick the door open and just open up the door for the rest of his homies. You know, he'll, he'll let him raw head Rex, you know, he'll, he'll, Pumpkinhead will be back in the club, you know, he'll be back in the club at the venue and he'll see rawhead rex and kathoga from the relic and all those people in line like yo those are my peoples man go and let them in it's, it's cool let them in no you stay back you stay back um you know Pumpkinhead from Pumpkinhead 2 and 3 or not 2 and 3 but 3 and 4 but uh you know let the rest of my homies in it could be a scenario like that man i mean look at something like halloween 2018 halloween 2018 um now i'm pretty sure a lot of these projects were in development prior to halloween 2018 or during but halloween 2018 we got a direct sequel to Candyman. we're getting a tv series and a, a a feature film for pinhead texas chainsaw if it ever comes out any fucking time this millennium on netflix we're getting a direct sequel to that you know the 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 lawsuit has you know reportedly been settled with friday the 13th and that series uh you know nightmare on elm street we're, we're going to get these you know screams coming back out we're chucky has a series certain characters and certain movies open up the door for us to get way more things man and i feel like that's that's progressive and i feel like we need that we don't need to keep taking steps backwards and i know a lot of people would disagree with me here and call me hypocritical because it's like steps backwards is a remake we don't need to keep remaking the same shit but i feel like if there are certain things to improve on then i feel like it'll be awesome i feel like it would definitely be awesome i also feel like uh the creepy and authentic backwoods setting, you know, like, especially with Miss O.C. and the legend of Pumpkinhead and the side characters, I feel like the authenticity of that first movie is something that could probably be captured again because we get a lot of movies that take place in the backwoods, but they don't really capture the backwoods. It just kind of seems like they're just out there just filming. Kids are just running around in the woods, tripping over shit, but very rarely can you make the woods scary nowadays. I feel like one of the movies that... 
um, made me just look at the woods like, man, I go in there any time of night. I don't give a shit because ain't nothing out there is the Blair Witch Project. I just don't think that movie's scary. And I know a lot of people look at it like, well, it did for the woods what Jaws did for water and Psycho did for showers and Cabin Fever did for cabins. It's like, nah, not I. No says I. Um, But I feel like just the the creep factor of the movie the way the first movie even down to the cinematography man do i dare say dean cundy did that cinematography i really don't want to say that and i don't want to pull it up on google and waste any more time but i just feel like the authenticity of that first movie can definitely be translated well enough with a good director it can be translated well enough and feel almost just like that original movie but maybe better and scarier because what scared people back then might not scare people uh, nowadays. So it's it's always good to up the ante, but just keep the um you know to keep the integrity of of the original film. If if you're definitely going for a reboot here, and plus we need more you know speaking of authenticity and the creep factor, we need more ap- atmospheric monster movies. You know what I'm saying? We we need. We don't just need people running around in in you know anywhere USA getting chased by monsters. It has to be a specific setting, a specific scenario that makes monster movies scary. Pumpkinhead being in these these wooded cabins and this wooded area where there's no fucking help, there's no phones, um, there's you know there's no real outsiders to help them you know they, i think there's a moment where the the survivors are banging on somebody's door and it's like fuck that like we're not letting y'all up in here y'all ain't bring don't bring that heat over here so i feel like the atmosphere of that first movie is something else that could definitely be captured again on screen and i feel like it'll work well in his favor because like i said you just have a lot of monster movies nowadays they don't even focus on being scary they just focus on the spectacle of the monster yeah it's a big monster maybe it'll be cg maybe it'll be practical but we don't know what the fuck we're gonna do we just know we're gonna splatter a whole bunch of blood all over the place that shit is easy to do it's very hard to create an atmosphere and it's very hard to create a monster um that you put that atmosphere around that kind of you know those two things the monster and the setting have to they have to coincide they have to coexist they have to go hand in hand together because if they don't you're just going to have a muddled mess of shit in a monster movie that's not going to work and this reboot is just going to it's going to plummet man it's not going to be good at all if they don't you know take the proper precautions plus i also feel like recreating the legend of Pumpkinhead, not necessarily going too far and changing a lot of things up, but maybe diving into some stuff about Pumpkinhead that maybe was in the first couple drafts of the script that they didn't use. Maybe it was a couple deleted scenes in the first one um, that we didn't get a chance to see. Some type of lore that 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 they can add on to what's already decent lore for the character. I feel like that'll be decent. And re- as far as recreating the look, I wouldn't go too too far recreating Pumpkinhead because they they definitely his first look there are some moments where Pumpkinhead almost looks human he looks I won't say that I'll say he almost looks humanoid and I think the thumbnail I'm going to use for this episode is that exact shot that I'm talking about where I think he's staring at Lance Henriksen from across the road or something like that and they're about to have their showdown at the end of the movie but he does look human in, in or humanoid in some scenes now the second movie they kind of changed up his tail a little bit they changed up his feet uh they definitely made his eyes completely whited out which was one of the scariest fucking things about pumpkin heads design in part two and shout out to kmb uh they did the effects for pumpkin head too and uh they they definitely had his teeth 
like protruding a lot more like his teeth are way more visible they changed up the design on his head a little bit not too much of a drastic design as far as what they uh what they wanted to do actually jeff burr wanted to put actual wings on pumpkin head that was going to go hand in hand with the subtitle blood wings he wanted to put actual wings on pumpkin head now i'm not saying i, I would have been with it 100 percent but I'm saying if they would have pulled it off practically in 94, I would have been with it 50% because it would have been perfect for the subtitle. It would have been crazy to see Pumpkinhead with wings. I don't feel like that's something they should do with the reboot. Maybe save it. If the reboot does well enough, maybe save it for like part three or some shit like that. I don't know. Maybe he can evolve and we didn't know about it. But um, don't change up the look of Pumpkinhead too, too much. Like add little tweaks here and there, you know, like how they do to the Xenomorphs or to the Predators. I mean, they went as far as in the Predator movies, later on movies, to add new breeds of them, you know, different designs of them. I, I feel like the design, while I'm not the biggest fan of Predators, the movie with Adrian Brody and Danny Trejo and, um, oh God, what's the guy's name that's playing? Mahershala Ali. Um, while I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, the Predators that they had, not the classic one, but the one that killed the classic Predator, his design was bonkers. So I can deal with, you know, specific changes like that, but it's still the, the basis of the monster we've come to know and love. And definitely do not fucking CG Pumpkinhead. I don't care what he's doing. I don't care if he's jumping through a stained glass window. Put a nigga in a suit. You know what I'm saying? Make it old school. That's one of the reasons I love the movie Doom. Uh, not Doom, D-U-N-E, but D-O-O-M uh, with The Rock and Carl Urban. It's a monster movie. It's a guy in a suit running around as a monster. And I love practical. Listen, y'all already know how I get down. I'm practical over CG any day of the week, man. So don't make Pumpkinhead. You know, don't make them CG. Please don't, man. I can understand, you know, well, you, well, you know how people, how the directors and the, you know, the creators go, yeah, we're only going to use sprinkles of CG where need be. And then you get something, no shade, but you get something like the Thing prequel 2011, where it's nothing but CG creatures. And they just completely layered CG over practical effects that could have been amazing. I get why they did it, but it's just like, it takes you out of the movie. It takes you out of the movie and it takes away from what, it will take away from what Stan Winston brought to that original film man which was practical effects a practical monster now another question that remains is is this going to be a reboot or a direct sequel um i feel like either one would work honestly because <clears throat> excuse me i feel like a complete reboot would work because again there is a good demographic of people who don't know about this movie they don't know about it they don't remember it or they just don't care, you know? And I, the other half, we're dedicated fans. We love this shit. But a reboot would be cool because, like I said earlier, it'll introduce new audiences to Pumpkinhead. But don't water the shit down. Don't water it down and be like, yeah, this is for the new generations and have Pumpkinhead, you know, uh, on Snapchat with these teenage high school kids or some obnoxious ass teens that I just can't wait to see ripped to shreds. Don't do that. Do not modernize it to the point where you make it just so modern that it's just fucking, you, you know, it doesn't even feel like it has a, a bit of authenticity in it. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Um... A direct sequel will work also because you know part of me wants to say lance henderson could pop up for a cameo but he's 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 older now and he would not look like ed harley did i think they kind of lucked up in 2006 and 2007 getting him in the cameos because they kind of they tried their best to make him look like ed harley from 88 but you could tell he was a little older but the, he was the only thing that was half decent in those movies but i feel like nowadays maybe it wouldn't work i don't know um if they would just want to continue that story on with a direct sequel and you know just 
skip over pumpkin heads two three and four continue on and be like oh miss oc still lives in the woods there hasn't been a sighting from from you know of, of pumpkin heads since 88 da, 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 da. i feel like either one could work as long as long as you do it right and speaking of doing it right before we wrap this up it's like who could direct this movie swear to god to y'all first person that came to mind was alejandre aya now i still hope to this day i'm saying his name right but if nobody knows he's the, the director of high tension the hills have eyes the 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 uh, remake of the hills have eyes the first one uh piranha 3d he directed um oh my god oh my god almost said don't breathe but that was Freddie alvarez but y'all get y'all get the gist of what i'm saying that guy that director not only has a sense for viciousness but i thought of him because i thought of some of the scenery in high tension like especially out in the woods when that guy has that big ass power drill or a power saw and i also thought of the hills have eyes just in general as far as creating isolation you're completely cut off no phones no help no nothing just resources up against a monster or monsters in the case of the hills have eyes he's the first person that came to mind another person that came to mind and this was actually because i was watching an episode of wham uh, we watched the movie shout out mike and jay they had mike p nelson the director of the wrong turn uh the the foundation movie the reboot that came out this year they had an interview with that director and they asked him if he could do one you know one movie or reboot whatever the case is whatever they asked him and i do remember him saying he would do Pumpkinhead. he's like somebody's got to do Pumpkinhead. i agree 100 percent that he would be the guy for the job because if you have not seen wrong turn the foundation people it was such a surprise to me i definitely recommend it it is not what you think it's going to be it is so far left from the original wrong turn series but in all the best possible ways yeah i was mad i didn't get you know spoiler alert I, you know what i'm not gonna spoil it for anybody that didn't see it um just check it out and you will probably understand why i, I would also agree that mike p nelson is a fantastic choice to direct the pumpkin head movie just everything in the woods tension uh you know he didn't have a whole bunch of jump scares he literally built tension throughout in a wrong turn movie and wasn't a shit ton of gore but when the violence hit it hit hard and it was very realistic so I feel like he's a decent choice. The last person I thought of, because um, I didn't want to waste too much time writing a whole list of, you know, would-be directors for a Pumpkinhead reboot, is Andre o Ovredal. Damn, I'm fucking people's names up today, as usual. But that is the director of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Now, originally, I would say Del Toro, but this guy, um, Mr. Ovredal, he one of the things that i love about what he did with scary stories to tell in the dark there wasn't a bunch of jump scares for these monsters the jangly man or the 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 woman with the missing toe or harold the scarecrow or the pale lady there wasn't too many you know jump scares with them the camera lingers on these monsters for quite some time yo and a lot of monster movies don't do that anymore they just want to rawr they want to give you a jump scare right in your face every five goddamn minutes to the point where it starts to get annoying and it takes you out of the movie but no this director lingers on that woman with her missing toe like he'll linger on her footsteps and then there's a shot of her just walking down that hallway slow as shit slowly turning towards the end of the hallway where um the kid augie is hiding in his room same thing with harold the scarecrow yeah he pops up it's a nice little scare but then they focus on him a lot as he's like like uh really stiffly moving towards the kid uh can't remember the kid's name but the kid from the walking dead he's moving towards him really stiffly i love that about that movie and it's really hard to make movie monsters scary 
And the fact that he did it without using a bunch of jump scares and just cheap gimmicks, I respect the hell out of that director a whole lot, especially because he made that PG-13 movie so dark. It should have been rated R, but he did he did everything he could do with a PG-13 movie, I feel like. Um, even pushed the rating quite a bit in some scenes, but that is another guy I think could be decent to um to uh you know to 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 direct this movie. But you know, all all in all, people, I you know. I, I say that to say this, man, we need to really, if this is going to happen, then I feel like whoever jumps on board with this, you know, um, actually, let me, before we get out of this episode, let me look and see, because it's not Paramount Plus, it's Paramount Players or something like that. Okay, so the article, shout out Screen Rant, it says the upcoming Pumpkinhead remake is coming from the studio Paramount Players, an offspring of Paramount Pictures that has been quietly expanding its horror catalog in recent years. The company was behind last year's Supernatural Thriller Spell, great movie, along with the latest installment in the Paranormal Activity franchise next to Ken that was released last month. Paramount Players also has several other intriguing projects in development, such as The Orphan, First Kill, a prequel to the 2009 film, along with the prequel to 2019's Pet Cemetery. Now it appears a remake of Pumpkinhead can be added to that list. Okay, so I'm cool with that. I am cool with the fact that we've got people who like horror they like the genre but that doesn't always mean that they're the right people for the job because there's a shit ton of people that claim they love horror and they just pump shit out just to do it and um i ain't with that i ain't with that shit man but um i'm actually going to be very optimistic about this man because like i said the series in in the fashion of series like the texas chainsaw massacre it has nowhere to go but up at this point nowhere to go but up at this point so my expectations are like okay Y'all can't possibly fuck this up any more than it's already been fucked up. So handle with care. Definitely handle with care. And, um, you know, let's take this shit back to, you know, back to a time when when creature features had monsters that were that were dormant throughout the film, because this is this is another mistake that a lot of creature features make. They want the monster all in your face, all in your face, all in your face. That's one of the good things about the original Pumpkinhead movie was we didn't really see him a lot on screen, like fully on screen. We would get glimpses of his hand and, you know, his talons picking people up or glimpses of his head, glimpses of his feet, his tail and shit like that. And the, you know, the the, the lightning and the thunder would always come when Pumpkinhead came. Pause, but um, you know the second movie was where they had him very much in the forefront. Pumpkinhead is in his full glory. Every single kill, you see him from top to motherfucking bottom. You see him break Bane style, broke a motherfucker over, broke Leatherface over his knee in in the movie. So you see Pumpkinhead just getting, you know, let's get physical, physical. Pumpkinhead been doing his fucking calisthenics, man, because that nigga is limber as shit in the second movie. And then in the third and fourth movie, they put him in the forefront. They CG him, and it's bullshit, but it's neither here nor there. But I love monster movies, creature features, where the creature is dormant, and then every time we see the creature on screen, we earn it so that it's effective when we see them on screen not just jump scares and you know i like when they linger upon certain certain shots for just a little bit so you get a glimpse of the monster like oh my god that was his teeth oh my god that was his tail damn look at his fucking fingernails and da 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 like i love when they tease you with the monster so let's get back to that era of monster movies man and i'm not saying that there are not great monster movies that didn't make it theatrically but i would love to have another theatrical run of monster movies i feel like the 80s um the 80s jumped it off for me personally and the 90s was really where it was hitting with the relic um i consider 
fucking you know deep blue sea and anaconda and lake placid monster movies honestly i really do oh i think stan winston did the effects for the crocodile on um lake placid also but i consider those monster movies anything big bigger than me that's coming after me that could eat me and my friends it's a fucking monster movie that's all it is but i'm saying with movies like you know, like I like I mentioned, Deep Rising, even something like Phantoms, you know, uh, I would put Virus up there, but that was more like they were like aliens using humans as spare parts. I definitely recommend that movie if nobody's seen it. Jamie Lee Curtis hates it, but I love it. So shout out Jamie Lee Curtis. But yeah, man, let's get let's get back into monster movies. I'm pretty sure people are sick and tired. I know I am. I'm tired of being bombarded with all of the fucking paranormal conjuring movies and all that shit. I, you know, I'm not getting tired of slashers, but I'm getting tired of the corny ones. You know, the ones that just aren't effective at all, man. Like, you know, there's a shortage of vampire, good vampire movies. There's a big shortage of great zombie movies, mainstream-wise. There's a shortage of werewolf movies, but monster films. Can we get back to the creature features, people? I feel like that was one of the templates back in the day. You know, the movie with the big-ass ants. What was it? Them or Night of the Demon. Not Night of the Demons, but Night of the Demon. Whatever that movie is that guy's watching on the TV screen, and I still know what you did last summer. And there's a big-ass monster in there. Monster movies of like the 50s and 60s are the reason we have movies like Pumpkinhead and the other, you know, creature features I mentioned. So I feel like what better way than to get this subgenre on track and to pay homage to the ones that paved the way back in the day for 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 the rest of the films to get made, man, than to, you know, I feel like this should be a stepping stone. Now, I would not put my money on this movie being released theatrically. Now, Paramount Players, if it's a branch of Paramount Pictures and I don't know. I, I can see them kind of just, well, we like the movie, but we want to play it safe, so just send it to Paramount+. Plus. You know, send it to Paramount Plus with that failed attraction series or some shit like that. I don't know. But I don't I wouldn't be surprised if this does not go theat- theatrical. Would I love to see it go theatrical? Of course. Of course. I would love for Pumpkinhead to become a household name again. If he's not already, I would love for that to happen. And I would love for, like I said, this this reboot remake whatever they're gonna do direct sequel whatever the fuck i would love for this to open up the door for more movies to come because if it's one thing i love just as much as the next person it's horror movies man y'all know that this is what the fat the, the foundation in which this podcast platform is built is horror movies people uh you know i don't care what i talk about in in, in between i mean i do but y'all get what i'm saying i don't i don't care what i talk about in between horror movies are forever going to have my heart man so i would love for there to be a resurgence of you know of um of, of monster movies the same way i love that it's a resurgence in, in black exploitation horror a resurgence in our slasher genre I, I i really am adoring this shit right now man and if any time is good i feel like now is a good time for horror uh probably i'm not gonna say the best it's been but i would say since 2000 the 2010s era has been a fairly good time for horror you know with don't breathe and green room and lights out and you know quiet place and all these types of movies that are coming out you know even hereditary things like that let's get let's get a little grittier let's we don't have to make art house films every time people we don't have to do that. Let's get some motherfucking monster. Let's have a monster match. Let's get these sons of bitches on screen again so we can have a crossover movie with Pumpkinhead and Rawhead Rex and Cthulhu and Kathoga and all these motherfuckers. We can, we can even put Wendy Williams in there. We can put Wendy Williams in there for all I care. And I'd just be like, you know what? She's going to be the monster that's going to take down all of the monsters because she's the most insane monstrosity of all people. 
And that's all I have to say about that. I'm going to end it on that Forrest Gump note. But y'all already know where to go, man. And if y'all don't, y'all can follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, Podbean, and Podcast Addict. Shout out to Anchor. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Romero Tudor. Shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs. And shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Horror Virus. And last but certainly not least, shout out to the two, the reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there, man. I see... I see those those numbers climbing, man, for that Spider-Man Far From Home Trailer 2 reaction. And I love it, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to y'all, man. I'm gonna keep it a beam before I before I jump off this John. Um I, I was a little concerned last night because I know I did the trailer reaction last night, but I, I'm I have crazy OCD and I overthink a lot and I always have to check up on things repeatedly. Um, but I just kept checking. I was like, wait, is this shit about to blow up tonight? Like, it's going to be crazy. And it didn't. But today I saw the numbers just hit a crazy spike. And I was like, oh, okay. It doesn't always let me know when people listen right away. It lets me know after the fact. So y'all are killing it right now, man. And, um, you know, keep tuning into the episode or uh, to the trailer reaction rather, because I had a ball watching that Spider-Man trailer, man. The movie looks amazing. Um, and, uh, tomorrow people tomorrow, tomorrow is Thursday, isn't it? Yep, all day long. It's the 17th. But tomorrow is Thursday, people. So again, I will be having my boy Johnny Zuko on the show tomorrow. We'll be talking about uh, 90s horror movies that we do and do not want to see remade. So that's definitely going to be a good episode. Watch out for that episode. And shout out to Johnny Zuko over at uh, Bump in the Night Podcast 1428. And shout out to Ms. Moise and Ginger Snap over there with them. But uh, yeah, people, be on the lookout for that. And any other random episodes I do, I need to really get a sheet and do things like, okay, Monday we're going to do this. Wednesday, we're going to do this. Friday, we're going to do this. I feel like I need to just keep y'all posted a little more. So I don't know. Maybe it can build up anticipation. I don't mind just dropping like little, you know, surprises on you guys here and there because, um, you know, it's nothing like lighting up people's worlds and shit like that. I don't I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, people. But y'all already know, man, the love and support y'all show me. I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor. Another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.